the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Let's start in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. And let's take a look at what the Scripture says to us about this. This is right into the third chapter of this book. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Never let loyalty and kindness. Let me stop there for a moment and give you a couple of other words here. Love and faithfulness. That's the NIV version. The Hebrew term for loyalty and kindness or love and faithfulness can be translated either loyalty, kindness, love and faithfulness. All of these are key words based upon the Hebrew definition of the word that Solomon gave us here by the Holy Spirit. So never let love or loyalty and faithfulness, kindness leave who? Help me out here. You. So everybody say me. So God's talking to you today and to me, right? Okay. So never let love or loyalty and faithfulness, kindness leave me. Okay, Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor. Notice the result of this. You will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. I think all of us would agree that love, loyalty, faithfulness, kindness, these are relationship words, Right? Love is only known in a relationship. Loyalty is proven in relationship. Faithfulness is known in a relationship. Kindness is shown in a relationship. And by the way, these are also words that are often used to describe the very nature of God. God is love. God is loyal to us, is he not? Has God stayed with you in the midst of some ups and downs of your life? He's been loyal to you. God is faithful. We sing the song, great is thy faithfulness, O God. God indeed is a kind God. The Bible says it's the kindness of God that in fact leads us to repentance. And so here we're told to make sure that these relationship qualities that are in God become a part of us and that we're to actually tie them around our neck. It's not talking about a physical tying like a necklace, but it's talking about just keeping them in front of you all the time because this is the way, the pathway to favor. Anyone want favor in your life? We all want favor in our life, do we not? It's amazing when God gives you favor, favor with both, notice, both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. So how do we let love, loyalty, faithfulness, kindness stay with us all the time? Here's our first principle today. You have to remember that you need healthy relationships in your life. Notice the qualifying term here. What kind of relationships? Healthy relationships. We were made, created by God with this need inside of us to have relationships with people. 
Your desire to be connected to others is not just some uh, thing that you have in you. No, it's something that God placed in the soul of every, every human being. It goes all the way back to the book of Genesis chapter 2 when God had made Adam and then Adam was in the garden alone and God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so God made a helpmate because there was a desire for relationship. You need relationships in your life. And smart living, wise living is not possible without relationships. You need people. And we all have people already in our lives, and it's our responsibility to do everything we can to improve any relationship that we have in our life, to work to make it better, to work to make it more healthy, to invest in it in such a manner that those relationships are accomplishing the meeting of need in our life and the meeting of needs in the lives of others. What a difference it would make in our lives and our service to God if we improve the quality of all of our relationships. Your life, my life, would all, all of our lives would be better if we were to do that. Let's take a look at some things that go along with this theme. How do you have healthy relationships? What do you need to know from God's perspective? Let me give you five things that come under this category. To understand that God created us with a need and desire for relationships. That's, that's what I just described, that we have this internally inside of us. Relationships are necessary for personal growth. You can't grow into the person God created you to be without people around you. You can't do it by yourself. My wife has made me a better man. Why? Because she's worked, helped me work on areas in my life where I needed to grow and improve. And friends have made me a better person because they've given me input into my life. And hopefully I've been able to do, to do the same for others. But growth happens. You can't live in a cave and be a hermit and expect to personally grow in your life. The Bible teaches us that loving others is one of the ways we prove our love for God. It's very easy to say, I love God. But the way you prove your love for God, as I'll show you in a moment, is you prove your love for God by loving other people. If you can't love people, you really don't love God. And a lot of people are running around talking about how much they love God, but they have a hateful spirit toward other people. And it's really diametrically opposed to the very nature of what God says is godliness. Because to be godly is to be like God, and God is love. God is love. Good relationships are essential for a productive life. If you want to be more productive in your life, you're going to need to have people around you. You can do more when you're with people than you can do by yourself. Teams accomplish far more than individuals. You can accomplish certain things on your own, but that's so much better when you work together with people. Take a look at these verses with me just for a moment. First John chapter 4, verse 20. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a... Boy, the scripture goes right to it, right? Okay. That person is a liar. For if we don't... Notice this. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? God says, if you say you love me... You can't even see me, and the way that you prove that you love me is by loving the people that you can see, and that is demonstrating the love that you have indeed for me. Take a look at the book of Ecclesiastes, excuse me, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend does what? Your life is sharper when you have friends in your life, and then Ecclesiastes 
tells us in chapter 4, two people are better off than one. By the way, Ecclesiastes is another book written by Solomon. It follows the book of Proverbs. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Do you see the productivity that comes out of relationships? Let me mention one more thing out of this point. Because relationships are important, read the rest with me, they are what? The devil is after the relationships in your life. The devil wants to attack your relationships. Because if he can attack successfully the relationships of your life by planting seeds of division, planting seeds of destruction in your relationship, by driving people apart, then in essence he accomplishes the work of reducing your effectiveness in the world around you. So you must understand that relationships are the target of spiritual attack. That's why marriages have trouble. It's not just because people are hard to get along with. It's because the devil does not want a marriage to succeed. That's why friendships have problems, not just because friends are difficult, but oftentimes it's a spiritual attack trying to drive people apart because there's power in unity, there's weakness in division. Always remember that, power in unity, weakness in division. Here's the second major point today, wisdom. Relationship problems are what? They're common. They're common to everybody. Why? Because we're broken people living in a broken, sinful world. We're sinful people. We're selfish people. We're self-centered people. And so because of our sinfulness and our self-centeredness, because we live in a world like that and around people like that, relationships easily become damaged and easily become broken. But because these things are so vital to our health, these relationships are so vital to our health, we, we need to recognize when they're broken so we can do something about them. So I'm going to talk to you about three warning signs of a relationship problem in your life, okay? How do you know when a relationship is going the wrong way? There are three things that always happen. These are not the only three things, but here are the three things that generally will happen when a, when a, a relationship, a common relationship, we all have this same commonality, but you need to recognize when you're starting to have a problem in a relationship so you can address it before it goes too far. The first problem, first symptom, I should say, is there begins to be distance in the relationship. You start drifting apart. It's the very first thing. It could be in a marriage, a friendship, whatever the case might be, but you used to be really close, but now you're like, eh, I'm not quite as close, and before long, there's far more distance between you and the other person, and if you're not careful, you don't intervene, that distance just increases over a period of time. Distance yields something. You see it in our culture today, do we not? Okay, People are distancing themselves from one another. That leads to the second thing, disrespect. Okay, 
that once you get far enough apart, you begin to pick out all the faults in the other person that you started seeing, but now you've magnified them, and now it becomes a disrespect toward them. It may only be an attitude. It might even be in words or action, but you now have distance, and now there's a disrespect. There's a contempt that starts to form inside of the heart, and so now the distance is reinforced by disrespect, and disrespect never builds a relationship. It always tears a relationship apart. Can I get an amen right there, okay? And then the final sign, distance leads to what? Here's our next one, finally division. The conflict, the distance, and the disrespect becomes far more pronounced, more personal, and now there's just a division. You may still smile at each other and, and wave at a distance. You may not necessarily be outwardly uh, hostile toward each other, but there's still this, this division that has occurred in your life. Your lives are now running par- on parallel streams rather than in unified streams together. Distance, disrespect, division. Never passively accept distance or disrespect or division in your life. If you see distance, disrespect, or division starting to happen in your relationship. Don't just sit back and hope it's going to go away. No, you need to be proactive in addressing it. And I'll talk in a moment about how to do that. But let's talk about some reasons for this just for a moment. Because relationships break down for common what? Not only they're common are relationship problems common, but they're common reasons for relationship breakdowns. I'm going to share with you some of the common reasons. I'm going to go quickly through 10 of these. Is that okay today? Okay. By the way, this, is, this could be an entire relationship seminar. I'm just giving you a relationship, a relationship seminar in about 35 minutes here today, okay? So you're going to have to do some thinking on your own about this because I can't cover everything today. But let me quickly walk you through the most common reasons relationships break down. This is from study, reading, and experience over 40-plus years, okay? First reason is because there's a weak commitment. Relationships are built on commitments. Every relationship has to have a commitment to it, okay? That's how marriage is formed. That's how marriage stays together. It's called commitment. It's not called emotion. It's called commitment. I'm committed to you. That's how friendships endure over a period of time. That's how people involved in churches stay in churches for an extended period of time because they're committed. I'm a part of this family. I'm a part of this church. And so I've made a commitment. I'm planted. I'm planted in my marriage. I'm planted in my friendships. I'm planted in my job, whatever the case might be. But when there's a weak and a commitment, there will always be a breakdown in the relationship. Because the glue that holds a relationship together is not your feelings. The glue that holds a relationship together will be your commitments. Okay? Because you're not going to always feel in love with somebody else. Okay? You're not going to always feel in love with your husband or in love with your wife. You're going to wake up one day and say, I'm not sure if I really like this person. Okay? And guess what? They woke up and said they didn't know if they liked you, okay, okay, either, okay? 
But the issue is not what you feel. The issue is, am I committed? And that's the first thing that you ever deal with in any marriage situation. If you're trying to heal a relationship, the first question I would ask a couple is, are you committed to this marriage? Because if they're not committed, then nothing's going to, I could spend the next 50 years trying to counsel them, but nothing's going to change them unless they're committed to working on the relationship. And the same is true for you and me. When your commitments in any realm of life begin to be weak, then suddenly the relationship starts starts to break down. I'm going to talk about how we address that in a moment. The second major reason that relationships break down is just poor maintenance. Listen, if you don't brush your teeth, they will fall out. Okay. Okay. If you don't change your oil in your car, it will have, you will have a problem. It's pay me now or pay me later. Okay. And the same is true in relationships. You pay me now or pay me later. You have to, you know, some people, I can't afford to have a date night with my wife. Well, can you afford a divorce attorney? Which is cheaper? Okay. Might be cheaper to go to McDonald's, okay? Might be cheaper to do something, okay? Go take a walk in the park or do something like that, right? Okay. okay. Exactly right. Get some, get some mayonnaise and mustard and a couple of slices of bologna and go sit at the park. Man, that's a whole lot cheaper, okay? But you've got to maintain things. If you don't maintain them, they're not going to, and this, a lot of relationships just fall apart because there's been no maintenance. They've done nothing to maintain the relationship. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, okay. I'm preaching good today. I know I am. Okay. All right. Unfair. Here's another reason relationships break down. Unfair and unfulfilled what? Most expectations you have in any relationship in your life, you never told the other person what your expectations are, but you still hold them accountable for it. There's never been any conversation about, well, I'm expecting you to do, and you just have these, these untold, unexpressed expectations, and many, many times, if not most of the time, they're unfair. The other person could never meet them anyway, but you're holding them accountable to meeting an expectation that they couldn't meet anyway, and so then they don't fulfill it, and then you're disappointed, and now, as we'll talk about in a moment, something else happens after that that leads to a breakdown and distancing and disrespect and division and all those things, but, but you have to be aware. What, what am I holding people accountable for in terms of expectations that aren't even fair to them. They could not do it if, if they even tried. Some of you are trying to get somebody to fill your love tank, and your love tank is so huge. I mean, if you had 50 people, they couldn't fill it. Loving you 24 hours a day, you'd still want more, okay? And you have this expectation that this person's got to be my life and fill my cup. They can't fill your cup. Jesus can, okay? But a person can't, okay? So you have these unfulfilled, unfair expectations. These are all common reasons, okay? Here's the next thing. Unresolved hurt and anger. It starts with disappointment or an offense. You're disappointed. You're offended. You get your feelings hurt and hurt never stays hurt. It always turns into anger. You can't just carry hurt around inside of you and expect it just to stay hurt. No, hurt over time turns into anger if you don't resolve it, okay? It doesn't just dissolve. Anytime you get hurt and you don't resolve it, 
What's going to happen is it's going to become something that you carry around inside of you and it builds up inside of you in angry forms. And that's why sometimes all it takes, you heard the, the, old, uh, the, the saying that uh, people have a chip on their, on their shoulder, okay? That you just knock the little chip off and they blow up. Why? Because it's not the chip that they blow up on. It's the, all the other stuff that's built up inside of them that they haven't dealt with. And again, we'll come back to that in a moment. But this builds up inside of us. Here's another common reason, a spirit of strife. And that's really what happens as soon as we begin to to be angry on the inside, you're not going to get along with anybody, okay? There's going to be a spirit of strife. You begin to have a quarrelsome kind of nature with each other. Yeah, this, this, this proneness to fighting and contention in the relationship. And now what used to perhaps even be peaceful is not peaceful anymore because that spirit of strife is there. Another reason relationships break down is poor management of your emotions, Everybody has emotions, but you have to learn something called self-control. And self-control is the ability to put a cap or put a filter on your emotions, to put a cap on, to control it yourself, okay? If you have an explosive temper, you have to learn how to control your temper. If you have an excessive amount of moodiness, you need to learn how to control your moodiness. If you're a powder, you need to control your pouting, okay? If you're a person that, that has passive aggressive tendencies, you have to learn how to control that. You can control your emotions. I will prove it to you. You know this very well. You're having a knockdown, drag out fight at home and don't act like it's never happened. It's happened to every one of you, okay? I mean, things are hot and heavy in the house, and I mean, it's really going strong, and everybody's yelling at each other, and the phone rings, and you pick up the phone. Hello? (laughs) Hi, how are you? Oh, yeah, we're doing great. Things are going well, yeah. Yeah, it's a great day, aren't you? Are you doing good? Yeah, we're doing fine. It's good. Down, back to everything else again. What is that called? called self-control, okay, okay? So you can do this, okay? It's just a matter if you want to do it or not. You put a filter on. See, when you picked up the phone, you put a filter on, okay? You can put the same filter on in the way that you're talking and communicating with each other if you choose to do that, okay? All right? Here's another reason relationships break down. Over-dependence or independence? Over-dependence. So needy, I need you. I need you. You're the person I need in my life. I'm just so dependent upon you, okay? I've got to have you. Don't ever leave me. I'm going to tell you what that is. Are you ready? I'm going to write it on the board, okay? Okay, right? The other side, I don't need you. I can live life on my own. You're not important to me. That's the other side, right? Both of these continuums. Neither of those build a relationship, right? Mutual dependency, if you will, is the thing that we want. The, the, the ability to connect and, and fill the gaps with one another that we can, but also have an individual life that, that we're not so weak that we can't stand up on our own two feet. But there's a lot of relationships that are suffering and breaking down because of these two things. Let's take a look at just, I think, a couple of more. Maybe this is the last one. Weak relationship skills. 
weak relationship skills or just the fact that you, don't, you haven't learned, you haven't spent any time really paying attention to how to develop skills. You need to read some books, and we'll come back to that in a moment. I'll give you two. I do have two more here. Pride, that'll kill every relationship. It'll kill every relationship because you don't know how to say I'm sorry, okay? You don't know how to own up and say, yes, this is my fault, and I'm owning up to it, to humble yourself and be willing to acknowledge that. I'm going to give you one more here. This is a big one. I don't have time to talk about addictions. Destroy a relationship. Our world is being destroyed by addictions, addictions to substances, addictions to pornography, addictions to all kinds of things in our world today. And it's driving, it's killing marriages, it's destroying relationships, okay? Because when you're addicted, you create a system around you, okay? It's a system of addiction that happens. And as a, people become you know, codependent with you in the process, and there's a whole sickness that happens in the relationship when you're connected with addictions. It happens with substances, all kinds of things. Look at this. This is actually in the Bible. Take a look at this. You didn't know the Bible addressed this, did you? Proverbs 23, verses 29 and 30. Whose heart is filled with anguish and sorrow? Who is always fighting and quarreling? Now, would you agree that's a relationship issue, right? Who is the man with bloodshot eyes and many wounds? It is the one who spends long hours in the taverns trying out new mixtures. I'm going to leave it at that right there, okay? Talking about addictions, what it does to us. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.